Welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. This is Brig Jones. You're listening to Gaining Christ Audio, a ministry designed to encourage you in the truth of God so that you will walk more faithfully and securely with God or so that you will hear the true gospel of God, come to faith in Christ Jesus, and be saved if you are not already. Over these next three episodes, we will focus on the devil, Satan. Who is Satan? What is Satan? And what are his wicked character, intent, mission, strategies, and consequences in this world, as well as what is our only defense against him? Focusing in this first part on the identity and the character and the mission of the devil. Who is Satan? What is the devil? And what is Satan's intent or mission with you and me on earth? Well, these are good questions, and certainly they should be understood. The Apostle Paul writes in his second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 2, verse 11, referring to them that they, we are not unaware of the devil's schemes. One of the biggest problems in our world today, and even in the Christian church, is that many are unaware of the devil, which is extremely dangerous, if not ultimately disastrous. There's a lot of faulty assumptions about who Satan is or what is the devil, wrong misunderstandings. Number one, a popular thought, by some at least, is that there is no devil. Satan is not a real entity. He does not exist. He's a mythical or mythological, mystical figure that does not actually exist, which is one of Satan's greatest strategic weapons. Actually, he doesn't exist. More on that later. Or that the devil is not a real personal entity, an individual entity. The the word devil or Satan is synonymous with evil in general. So wherever evil occurs, that's Satan or the devil. Or that sin, in the same way, is the devil. Whenever there's sin, uh, it is the devil or Satan. Satan represents a general description for sinful activity. Or some Christians think even that the devil is real, but he no longer operates on this planet. He's in lockdown. He's been eliminated for a period of time, and he's not functional now in this world. Well, the Bible speaks a bit differently than these faulty assumptions, describing Satan as a very evil, wicked spiritual entity that hates you and me and roams this planet, even with a team of demons in his assistance, to deceive and devour and destroy and kill and hurt. Peter writes in his first letter to a group of believers in chapter 5, verse 8, he writes, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And then John writes in 1 John 5.19 that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And then furthering that in Revelation 12.9, saying the ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan is the deceiver of the whole world. And then later in Revelation 12, John writes, Woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you 
filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. He is here on earth to make war on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And the Apostle Paul, when describing his own ministry assignment given to him by Jesus in Acts 26, writes that this is what Jesus told Paul. I'm sending you, Paul, out to open the eyes of the spiritually blind through the preaching and teaching of the gospel truth, so that these people may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God in order to receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me, namely Jesus. And then Paul, continuing in his ministry, teaching and writings in his beautiful comprehensive letter to the Ephesians in chapter 6, as somewhat of a conclusion to this entire piece of literature that he writes, starts in verse 10 of chapter 6. Finally, brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his strength. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not fight, we do not combat, or we do not struggle against flesh and blood. We're not just here in hostility with other humans, even though we are, but it's more than that. But we wrestle and fight against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil that rage in the heavenly places. Satan is a real entity, a wicked, powerful, forceful, spiritual entity that unfortunately is not working alone as he has a host of other wicked spiritual demons under his general leadership to serve his mission in this world. And so therefore, it is paramount that we, my friend, if you're a believer in Christ or not yet a believer in Christ, uh, that we understand that the devil is real and what is some of his intent and mission and strategies in this world and in our lives and what is the only defense for a human being against the devil. And so we will do our best over the next three episodes to unpack this. And today we will focus specifically on the identity of Satan and the character of Satan and the general mission of Satan. So let's start with the identity of Satan. Who is Satan? <clears throat> well, he is, as we've said, a spiritual angelic being. In fact, he was created uh, for the glory of and a high-ranking assignment in heaven by God. At one time, apparently, he was one of the highest angels in heaven, an angel, a literal spiritual being that is created by God. All things are created by God. Not that God created Satan in his wicked form, but before Satan went wicked, if you will, he was an angel of goodness for the splendor and the glory and the true service of God. And there's angels and there's cherub or cherubim, which are angels with large wings that fly around. There's seraphim, which are spiritual creatures literally on fire. 
And there's different angels that we see in the Bible that approach man, speak to mankind, serve God, even help Jesus. And they're spiritual entities created by God. And Satan is one of these entities. Unfortunately, Satan became sinful. His heart became proud, and he wanted to have the high glory ranking status of God himself. And we see this in two clear passages in the Old Testament, one of which is Ezekiel chapter 28. I'll start in verse 12 and read some portions of this passage. Here is God's description of Satan. You were the signet of perfection at one time, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were an anointed cherub. I placed you on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire, you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. You were filled with violence in your midst and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God and I destroyed you, O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. So something happened to this wonderful, beautiful angel angel, cherub that God made that is now called Satan. Isaiah 12, excuse me, Isaiah 14, starting in verse 12. How you have fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. You were cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. How wicked is that, that this angel that God created for his glory had in his own heart the ambitious pride to be like God and create some kind of king-like throne equal, if not superior, to God. And there we have probably the first sin ever in the history of the universe. One of God's own creatures before the sin of Adam and Eve, mankind, is the sin of the morning star, Lucifer, Satan, and his pride. And so he turns wicked and he is cast out of heaven. Taking with him, we see uh, from the Bible a host of other angels that wanted to go wicked with him. And uh, he is now here, this wicked, angelic, spiritual force of power and identity on earth. He was cast to earth. He roams on earth. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And it's not exclusive just to our planet as he he, he roams and reigns even in the atmospheric uh, areas of space, as Paul refers to Satan in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, as the prince of the power of the air, the ruler of the power of the air. And his his reign and rule on earth is confirmed by Jesus himself who in John chapter 12, verse 31, refers to Satan as the ruler of this world, echoing what well, John echoes that in 1 John five nineteen again, that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So Satan is here as a real entity 
with a wicked intent and power over this world. And his own temptation of Jesus that we find in Luke 4, for example, evidences the extreme authority and power he has in this world. As Jesus, in the beginning of his ministry assignment, is called by his Father in heaven to a 40-day fast, during which time the sat- Satan is harassing him, and at the end of this ordeal, has one more shot at Jesus, taking Jesus up to some hill at the top of the world, if you will, and shows Jesus somehow supernaturally all the kingdoms of the world and offers these kingdoms to Jesus if Jesus would do just one thing. Just worship Satan one time because of his prideful arrogance and desire to be like God and make a mockery of God and have the Son of God in human flesh worship him and also to sabotage the entire operation of God. If he can pull this off, if he can make Jesus sin one time, even in a worship during this difficult time of Jesus, then the plan of salvation is destroyed because Jesus is our righteousness. As we know, or hopefully know, it is imperative that Jesus live a perfect life. If he does not live a perfect, sinless life, righteous, God-pleasing life. He's unqualified to be our Savior, and he is not qualified to be our justification. His name, according to Jeremiah, is the Lord is our righteousness, and he's not righteous if he does not live righteously. And if Jesus does not live perfectly and sinlessly, you and I do not have any righteous justification whereby God in his loving grace credits to us who believe and trust in Christ with the righteousness accomplished by Jesus Christ. And so Satan has authority in this world and offers Jesus all these kingdoms, which is scary when you think about it, that Satan has this power over kingdoms, which, as he offered to Jesus unsuccessfully, is what he offers to you and me, if we're not careful, prizes and kingdoms and earthly treasures extreme if we will worship him or simply not worship the true God of the universe. And he does this, and people take the bait and fall for it, uh, and disaster awaits if they do not come to the truth in Christ Jesus. So this is Satan's identity. What is his character? We're already revealed from what we've said, uh, is found even further in some of Satan's names. He's called the accuser, the evil one, the enemy, murderer, prince of demons, Lucifer, the great dragon, the beast. The name Satan means superhuman adversary of God. The word where we get devil in the Greek diabolos is it means slanderer, false witness, malicious gossiper, and it's where we get the current English word diabolical. He is the evil one. He is wicked. The word wicked means fierce and viciously evil, going to extremes to cause harm, distress, or trouble. And evil means morally reprehensible. He is evil and wicked to the extreme, and he has a team of demons that are referred to in Paul's passage in Ephesians 6 as the forces of wickedness and darkness raging in the heavenly realms. That is horrible and serious. Jesus calls Satan also 
the liar. John 8 and his communication with some Jews that wanted to kill him uh, says that there's no truth in the devil. And when the devil lies, he speaks his native language. He cannot speak truth. He's, he's a liar. That's all he does. He probably lied to those angels that he convinced to leave heaven and serve on his team, just it, like he, he lied to Adam and Eve. There's the first sin in the Bible is the lie of Satan to Eve, where he offers Eve the, the fruit, and Eve says, no, we're not supposed to eat of this fruit. God told us that in the day we eat of it, we will surely die. And what does the serpent, this devil, Satan, say to Eve? Oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to die. That's not true. Actually, God does not want you to eat it because God does not want you to be like God. If you eat it, you'll be like God. Well, there's the first two sins of the Bible. One, Satan calling God a liar and uh, that if you eat of the fruit, you'll be like God, which is what he offers mankind now. If you worship me, I'll make you like a God. And there are many people that take that bait, unfortunately. And then Adam and Eve fell for that lie. And then disaster hits mankind. He's a liar. His character is also described as furious. He's full of anger and fury. Revelation chapter 12, verse 12, John writes, The devil is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. He knows his ultimate destination. He knows that one day, he will literally be thrown into the lake of fire with all of his demons, false prophets, and those on his side and others, and will have a conscious state of punishment, no relief for all eternity, in blazing lava-like fire. And so he's trying to stop the progress of the gospel and the plan of God to delay the inevitable I would suppose, and he will do anything he can in his fury to try to do that. And also, he is very powerful, as the Bible says. He's supernatural, and he's extremely powerful. Limited, yes, and not more powerful than God, of course, but he is extremely powerful, as Jesus himself describes Satan as the strong-armed man. And again, Satan does not work alone. He is an individual entity, very powerful but he has a team of demons, millions of demons, fallen angels who are powerful in and of themselves working for him in his mission. So what is this mission of Satan? Well, for starters in general, it is to corrupt anything that God has created. The purposes or the created order of God, Satan is here to corrupt that and pervert it. And you see this in our world, and some of you know what I'm talking about. You look at the Bible and the beginning of the Bible and what God intended to be the course of humanity and how we function and how we live and what we do in certain situations. Satan wants to pervert this and make it disgusting and crude and wicked, and he has done that to some success temporarily uh, by deceiving mankind. He also is here to try to destroy the plans of God, ultimately the eternal plan of God, if that were even possible. That's impossible, but he's trying. And he did this as we, we see in Luke 4, Matthew 4, and the temptation of Jesus. But even before Jesus was old enough to begin a ministry as a very young child, uh, Satan, working through the Roman king Herod, tries to kill Jesus. 
and will kill multiple Jewish boys in this effort to try to eliminate Jesus and stop Jesus from being a savior and a cross-dying, resurrected uh, king, if you will. And then throughout his life, as Jesus teaches, he has people trying to kill him. And Jesus, in his first sermon in his hometown of Nazareth in Luke 4, Jesus preaches the truth, and he tells them some tough things about God's grace. And the people in this synagogue are so furious over what he says, they take him to the edge to this cliff in the city to throw him over to kill him. And, and attempts on his life will continue. And his own crucifixion was a murder of sin, but God uses this, of course, to bring about the most beautiful reality for mankind, namely salvation uh, through the atoning work of Christ Jesus on this cross. And uh, he's trying to destroy you and me. And we'll get more into this in detail in our next episode. But as Jesus says in John 10, I have come myself to give life to my sheep and that they will have abundant life forever. But the thief, Satan, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The mission of Satan is to wreck your life. My friend, if you're listening, he wants to destroy you through various strategies and means. He wants to hurt you badly. He wants to kill. He wants you to be hurt, and he wants you to hurt others. He, he is not playing games. He's not messing around. He is very serious. This is real. Again, as Peter describes him, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And what he wants to do to this world is prevent people from hearing and understanding and believing the truth of the gospel. And he's working overtime and vigorously with his false religions and false messages and works-based scenarios and legalistic, irrational, unbiblical thought that people buy into in order not to believe in Christ but do anything. Although Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one, absolutely no one comes to the Father but through me. And if you do believe in Jesus, by God's grace, he wants to discourage you and me and hurt and persecute us uh, tremendously and discourage us from in faithful service in Christ and to make our lives miserable as much as he can. You see that throughout the Bible, and some of you may be experiencing that or have experienced that. There's the vigorous just efforts of darkness to discourage and hurt and persecute and even kill what he does. And so here's the question we will end on. My friend, my brother, sister in Christ, are you, are you aware and prepared and defended against this true and wicked and vicious and evil one? Well, please, the only defense that we have, and we will cover this in more detail in two more episodes, is, is Christ Jesus. It's only in him and faith in him. Outside of Christ, we are vulnerable to the extreme from anything from Satan. And people do not realize this. And this is part of Satan's own deception. But please, my friend, if you're not a believer in Christ, please come to genuine faith and allegiance in Christ for forgiveness of sins, eternal life, peace with God, knowing God, the treasures of heaven, and pleasure and joy, extreme and protection from the evil, wicked one. 
And next week, we will look at more specifically this wicked mission of Satan, but specifically what are his strategies, the myriad strategies that Satan and his team employs to kill and destroy, hurt and deceive humanity and believers in Jesus. And we look forward to being with you at that time. We hope that this message has been informative or helpful or encouraging in some way. We do appreciate you taking the time to listen. We hope that you have a great week and spread the word.